1: Hey everyone, welcome to Round Ball Stew. I am Matt Straup. It is Wednesday, May 19th, and postseason basketball is finally upon us. Today we're gonna be we're gonna be looking at the latest developments from the play-in tournament. We will say goodbye to the Charlotte Hornets with a little bit of a look ahead to their fantasy potential for next year. We'll also look ahead to some of the upcoming action, including the Pacers against the Wizards and the LeBron Steph Warriors, Lakers play-in tournament showdown. All of that and more is coming up in just a second. As we welcome in everyone watching live on YouTube or listening on the podcast right now, I'm joined by Steve Alexander. Steve, what is happening with you,
3: uh, Matt? I'm not sure what is going on, but there's some sort of lemonade crisis shortage going on in North, North Georgia, or at least the town I live in. And oh wow, haven't been able to to get my Simply Lemonade uh, for like three weeks, and we've got limited options in this very small town that I live in. So. You know, I spend a lot of time at the house of Chicken enjoying their lemonade. We know but, what one of
1: the options is for your for your backup to simply.
3: Well, no, I, I'm not. Nothing against Milo's. I mean, it's a quality product. I just it's not my jam. You've had a falling
1: out with Milo's family lemonade, owned and operated since 1957 <laughs> or whatever it is.
3: <laughs> no, not not a falling out. They, they were they came through for me in the clutch when I needed gotcha. them. But I'm I'm finding other other options. You're exploring
1: other things. You you're you're uh, trying out some new things. Yeah.
3: All right. Well, hope you get the re
1: up on the simply soon. Let's uh let's dive into this playoff basketball. The play in tournament got off to an absolutely thrilling start with this Pacers Hornets <laughs> game. The Hornets excuse me, the Pacers led by sixteen after the first quarter, twenty-four at halftime, despite the absence of Karis Levert out due to health and safety protocols. This game was not close. DeMontis Sabonis, a big reason why, Steve, 14 points, 21 boards, nine assists, getting all too familiar seeing Sabonis putting up these triple double stat lines, almost triple double in this case. And I feel like with every one of these, it's going to get tougher to land him
3: in fantasy leagues next season. Well, first of all, he was one of eight from the field in the first half of that game. Yeah. And the faces Pacers completely blew it open anyway. You know, had he been Sabonis in the first half, they would have been up by you know, 30 after the first quarter (laughs) and 35 at halftime. So but yes, the bonus is he's really turned into a a fantasy superstar and and really an NBA superstar. I mean he's he's so fun to watch and and he's such a good player. You know, he can he can he's one of those guys that can single handedly carry a, a, a basketball team by himself. So you know I think he returned what early third round fantasy value this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you want him next year, you, you're going to have to take him in round two.
1: Yeah, and down the stretch, he was more like a first-round guy. And by the way, to your point, what a night for the Pacers role players. I mean, O'Shea Brissett, I think, had 23 points. Doug McDermott scored 20-plus. TJ McConnell did some TJ McConnell things. And they had Mal- they got Malcolm Brogdon back. He went for 16-8 and eight in limited playing time. I, I don't think anyone expected... That explosion without Lavert, who's been so key for them lately.
3: Well, and I I made the mistake of getting on some of my social media and when the Paris Lavert news broke, and I was like, "Bye bye Pacers." It's it was a nice nice run, but uh, man, they they really stepped up with that. And my, I I kind of wonder if Brogdon was planning on playing that game before Lavert was announced as out. And by the way, Lavert's gone for what at least ten days.
1: Yeah, Shams, uh, Shams
3: reports he's expected to be out 10 to 14 days. Yeah, so I wonder if Brogdon was going to play because he was, I think Brogdon was truly a game time call. Once LaVert was ruled out, I thought for sure Brogdon was going was to gut it out because it was, it was now or never, now, or, now or, or go home. But uh, Doug McDermott's first half was insane. That's part of the reason uh, Sabonis didn't really do anything. McDermott shot lights out last night. And then TJ McConnell, man, that's my guy. Eight to twelve, he shoots over fifty percent every game, like every single night, and he steals the ball. Four steals. I love him.
1: Yeah. Well, as for the Hornets, they did not shoot lights out. Lamelo Ball, Terry Rogier, PJ Washington shot a combined fourteen for forty-four in this game. Steve, Oof. not a recipe for victory. And I wanted to kind of just do a quick postmortem on a couple players from Charlotte since they're out. And I'll start here. I feel like you're a little bit down on Lamelo Ball when it comes to fantasy. He shot 30% from the field his last five games, including the playoffs. So the last four regular season games, this game, 30%. And I wonder, Steve, if just as we're talking about Sabonis kind of carrying over this, this hot streak carrying over, I wonder if people are going to remember this. Do you think there's going to be a carryover effect with Lamella Ball in like a negative way where it's almost like this, this knocks down his draft
3: position potentially, his kind of sluggish exit to the season? I don't think it will. I mean, time heals all wounds. I think yeah. by, the time, by the time October rolls around, we're not going to really remember LaMelo not being able to make a shot in the final month of the season, which is pretty much what my memory of him is right now. And, you know, I'm not really down on him, but like I, I told you, he had some turnovers and, and some really poor shooting that killed me in a couple leagues. Uh, but I don't think it's going to linger with him because he's so young. There's so much upside. We all mm-hmm. remember what was going on when he was on fire mid-season you know he was carrying fantasy teams by himself and and really showed showed all the tools to, to be a complete well-rounded fantasy player and then you know some of these highlights you see of his underhanded passing and you know length of the court stuff he does is is just phenomenal and he's young he's just a kid he's gonna figure it out i'm not knocking him down but he's i'm way more worried about his shooting than i am a guy like anthony edwards at this point
1: I mean, it is possible to that point that Lamelo overachieved a little bit shooting this year. He was, I think, better than we all expected shooting the ball. But I think he showed enough that it's not like we're expecting some dramatic drop off there where he suddenly is shooting like thirty eight percent for the field or something. I, I still think he
3: can be a low forties guy pretty easily based on what he showed this year. Yeah, I agree with that. But I, I do think if you draft Lamelo, you should be prepared. For those three of three of eighteen nights, because there's yeah. they're gonna, there's going to be a lot of them. And I think Kemba Walker used to be the same way when he was with Charlotte. You know, you get two good games out of Kemba, and then he he shoot it horribly the next night. And and he he outgrew that and uh, figured it out. And Lamelo will too. But this next season, um, there's going to be a lot of rough, a lot of rough shooting nights for Lamelo.
1: Well, one guy for Charlotte who shot it well and played well, really the bright spot for them this one was miles bridges, 23 points, eight boards, four assists. I think he had a steel block and a couple threes as well. in 37 minutes, he was great down the stretch, Steve. He was the guy that I think we hoped he would be last season. He became that guy at the end of this season. The problem is it really only happened after Gordon Hayward got hurt. You look yep. at the game logs, line them up and it's like, Hayward goes down, bridges takes off. So do you feel like there's any way this becomes something that he can repeat next season when Charlotte comes back, presumably at full strength, with a similar
3: roster? I mean, no. <laughs> if, yeah. if, Gordon, if Gordon Hayward is there I mean these guys do, they do the same thing. they're the same size, they play the same position, basically. And, and it's hard to have two guys coexist, whether they play power forward, small forward, shooting guard. If you've got two guys that do the same thing, you know there's only so many basketballs to go around. So I, they, I do like bridges though. I mean, the upside is there. He's young. Um, he showed that he can play. And, you know, let's face it. Hayward hasn't exactly been a picture of health over the last few years. And another thing, I think Hayward's entering what his 12th year in the NBA, something like that. Like he's one of those guys where if you ask me to guess his age, I'm always going to go generally younger than he is because I just feel like it was five years ago. We watched him at Butler, you know, trying to win national championships. So that, that was a quick, that was a quick 12 years. Uh, yeah, about thirty-one. It's Gordon. It's going to be it's going to be tricky um, to get both of them enough minutes and enough shots to to have them both be be great.
1: I agree. You said, by the way, I just got to point out. You said they both do the same things on the court. The, I would say Miles Bridges dunks the basketball quite a bit harder than Gordon Hayward does. One one discrepancy there. Uh, yeah. Game two on the opening night of the playing tournament was was closer than the Hornets Pacers but not all that close. The Celtics beat the Wizards 118 to 100, guaranteeing themselves the number 7 seed in a first round matchup with the Nets. Let's talk about this from the Boston side of things first. Steve, Jason Tatum was flat out absurd in this one. 50 points, 8 rebounds four dimes, a steal, two blocks, five threes, 17 of 17 from the free throw line. It's a continuation of what's been a really good second half ish of the season for Tatum where he saw, you know, he's been scoring close to 30 nightly, and he's had some some really big blow-up games like this one.
3: Well, you know, you and I s- spent a lot of time last year talking about Nikola Jokic, and we're like, man, if we could just get playoff Jokic mm-hmm. at the start of the regular season, he would be an absolute monster. And what happened? Like, Jokic came out of the gates this year in playoff Jokic mode and just went nuts. And I feel like Tatum, you know, went into that game last night with the mindset of I'm going to have to dominate if we're going to win and I'm going to dominate. And he did. And if, if he can go, you know, change his mindset, because I feel like for regular season, NBA games, Tatum's kind of a slow starter, a lot of nights. It takes him, a takes him a little bit of, of time to get into the game and get into the groove and the flow. Whereas last night he just came out and, and was just all over it from from the jump. And, If he does that next year, he's going to win an MVP award. It's interesting. Tatum
1: was really a first round pick in a lot of fantasy leagues this year. And it's it's not like he was a disappointment. He was 13th in nine category leagues, according to basketballmonster.com. But, you know, the way I think we both look at it is the ceiling is still considerably higher than that. This is a guy who could easily finish in that top half of the first round next year. So he's a guy who maybe you can again get in the. later in the first round and, and has a ceiling to really do some even much bigger things next season for a full season.
3: Well, and I feel like he's a guy that we've talked about for three years. Like eventually he's going to be the best player in the NBA. Like I don't, I'm not sure that it's, that anyone else has had that said about them as much as Tatum has maybe, maybe Luca, but so many people have put that label on him of, of the next great player in the NBA. And, and maybe Daniel Gafford. Possibly the best player in the league at some point. So, you know, it's if it's gonna happen, I think it has to happen this upcoming season. So I really look for him to turn the corner. I think he's I think his ADP this year was probably around eleventh round, I think or eleventh pick. Sorry, not eleventh round. I think it's gonna be closer to six or seven this coming season.
1: Well, Steve, you and I complain about load management, but what a night it was. What what a triumphant night for load management it was on the opening night of the play in tournament, Kemba Walker sought out so many games this season, you know, for injury maintenance, for rest and man, did he look fresh and rested in this one? 29 points, six, three pointers, you know, as much as that was frustrating fantasy leagues in real life, you could see it. Like Kemba was ready to go. And he was, he was a monster.
3: Yeah. His shooting wasn't great. He shot 10 to 24, but he looked really good. He looked healthy. He looked spry, you know, fantasy basketball is becoming really tricky because so many guys sit out so many games and, and just us, you know, working at, you know, (laughs) NBC sports edge, I I was going to say Roto world. I almost did it. NBC sports edge. I mean, we just get worn down, uh, trying to keep up with all the injuries, trying to keep y'all updated, keep the news feed updated. And it's, it's just getting more and more. So every year, and, you know, we get get a lot of Twitter comments and a lot of, of emails and whatnot from people saying, man, this was one of the least fun times I've ever had playing fantasy basketball. It was almost like it was more work than it was fun. And that, (laughs) that, that needs to change uh, because fantasy sports are supposed to be fun and and it is fun. But when you've got your playoffs get here and you've got six guys with red crosses next to your next to their names and they're your six best players. It's, it's a little, uh, it can be frustrating. So.
1: Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. But, The Celtics look good. I mean, uh, the Wizards aren't anyone's idea of a juggernaut, but the Celtics looked impressive. And by the way, had only three guys in double digits. Tatum and Kemba combined for 79 of their 118 points. Tristan Thompson was the third guy in double figures. He went for 12 and 12. Let's look at this quickly from the Washington side of things. Steve, there have been – there were some questions on Tuesday night about Russell Westbrook's health, some speculation on the broadcast, whether he was potentially dealing with an injury. He shot just six of 18 versus
3: Boston – what were your impressions of his performance and the Wizards overall? You know, I mean, he did what Russell Westbrook does. He had 14 rebounds, not very many assists, didn't shoot it great. He clearly it looked like he was hurting at times. His ankle looked like it was bothering him. I mean, he's got to be beat up, man, for the, for the amount of games he's played this year and the, the uh, numbers that he's put up and the number of knee surgeries he has dealt with and and his age getting up there and just his NBA minutes uh, log by itself. I mean, he's got to be hurting. And, you know, he was chasing the triple-double Oscar record all year. So I'm sure he didn't want to sit out because of that. And now, you know, every one of these games means everything right now. So he's not going to miss a game. I'm sure he's hurt, though. I'm sure he, he doesn't feel great.
1: They were talking on the broadcast I believe it was Marv Albert and Grant Hill were talking on the broadcast about how Westbrook seemed kind of like disengaged. I, I didn't really agree with that. He was chirping at the refs basically every play. He looked every bit as intense as he normally would. So I, I didn't really agree with that assessment. I saw a guy who just was trying to will his team to victory, and it just wasn't
3: there. Well, and the, the five assists are kind of weird. And, you know, Davis Bertans played 33 minutes, hit one of eight shots, had one rebound. And I wonder how many of those seven misses were passes from Westbrook. And I mean, I could see Westbrook getting frustrated playing with, you know, some of these guys, the way they played uh, would frustrate me, too. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Bertans wasn't part of Westbrook's uh, disengagement, if you want to say.
1: Bertans one make was like a three foot jumper along the baseline, by the way, just basically a layup. And of course, Daniel Gafford was good. Twelve and five with two blocks in just 20 minutes. But still, even though it's sort of a must-win game, can only get 20 minutes. Gafford also
3: hit six out of seven shots while Bertans is out there just throwing up bricks. So th- it doesn't make sense to me either why Gafford doesn't play 32 minutes a night.
1: And I mean, no offense to Alex Len or Robin Lopez, but I mean, it's just a different game when Gafford's out there. Yeah let's spin it forward we'll have the wizards and the pacers in a potential dfs bonanza steve when we saw the wizards and the pacers face off a couple times earlier this month just going to run down the sabonis and westbrook stat lines from those games sabonis went for 32 points 19 boards 9 assists and then 30 points 13 rebounds and 13 assists in his two games against washington this month flip it the other way westbrook went for 14 points 21 rebounds 24 assists in one game 33 points, 19 rebounds, 15 assists in the other game against the Pacers this month.
3: Yeah, that game is at Washington. Looks like Washington's favored right now by three and a half. So that is going to be an interesting game because there's no way the Pacers come out as hot. They're totally due for a letdown. And I think the Wizards are are due to play a little bit better than they did the other night. So so. It should be a pretty fun game. And I think, um, if nothing else, tune in to watch the modest Bonus versus Russell Westbrook because it should be fun.
1: All right. Coming up in just a second, we're going to look ahead to the Wednesday play-in games, including the Steph LeBron Showdown Warriors at Lakers coming up in just a second. want to remind you, though, first, this week, NBC Sports Predictor, powered by PointsBet, has two pick-and-roll NBA contests with a total of 150000 in jackpot prizes up for grabs be sure to get your picks in before tomorrow night's contest for your chance to win big download the predictor app powered by points bet and get your picks in now for a chance to win big the longest field goal
0: ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70 yard field goal it probably won't go well So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
2: Start clean with Clorox. Because Clorox delivers a powerful clean... four those are numbers but you already knew that if you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car use kelly blue book my wallet on auto trader they're really good at numbers auto trader
1: let's quickly look ahead to the wednesday playing game steve got to start with the late game warriors at lakers the steph lebron aspect of this almost engulfs everything in its path we'll try to hit another angle here in a second but
3: first of all how excited are you for this one steve uh, I'm pretty excited. I'm pretty excited because la- like we talked about last night's games, outside of the first half of that Washington-Boston, there was really not much to get excited about. I mean, I turned the Pacers on. They're up by 20, and it, it's over basically. And then, you know, Washington kind of got blown out at the end of the, uh, the other game. So Steph Curry versus LeBron and AD, and it's, it's gonna be it's going to be fun to watch, man. The Lakers had the best defense in the league this year, and everybody's healthy. Um, Dennis Schroeder's back LeBron's back AD's ready to go it's the Lakers should run away with this game but you know nobody wants to play a team led by Steph Curry including the Lakers so he's he's capable of anything should be fun
1: yeah I mean to that end Steph's last 21 games he's averaging 37 points per game nearly seven threes averaging 37 points and nearly seven threes he has eight games of 40 or more points LeBron, meanwhile, scored 24 and 25 in his first two games back over the weekend. Those were both Lakers' wins. You mentioned it, Steve. It feels like kind of the easy outcome to predict here is Steph lights it up, but the Lakers win kind of easily. They're favored by five and a half on points bet. Can you convince me of any other outcome here? Like, can you envision another potential outcome? Like how can the Warriors
3: do this? Uh Jordan Poole could go crazy. Draymond Green could go crazy. Draymond could triple double. Pool could score 25. Curry could score 50. I mean, <laughs> it's really not. They're playing the game for a reason because we don't, you know, you don't know. The, the Lakers should win, but, you know, they haven't played together in a while. You know, LeBron was out forever with the high ankle sprain. AD's been in and out all year. We haven't seen Dennis Schroeder for weeks. You know, they're better on paper, but this is why we, this is why we play the game.
1: I'm glad you led me to Jordan Poole because when Steph rested on Friday, he went off for 38 points. He had ended the regular season with double digits in six straight games, averaging 20 and a half points during that stretch, three threes per game. So he feels
3: like kind of the potential X factor in this game
1: for the Warriors. Do you agree?
3: I would say he's the key for the Warriors because, well, the first key is Curry needs to have a big night. If Curry struggles, Curry hits seven of 24 shots, it's it's over. Um, so Curry needs to have a big night, but then also Poole is going to have to have a big night. I mean, it's all hands on deck for the Warriors. They all need to. They all need to play well tonight.
1: Now the one that we have all been waiting for. I know this is the one you're most excited about: Grizzlies and Spurs, Steve.
3: Yeah, yeah. Actually,
1: actually, a higher over/under in this game, by the way, two hundred twenty-two and a half. Than the Lakers-Warriors matchup. That's probably partially a product of the Lakers. Stifling defense, but Steve, I just need a reason to get excited about this one. I think we got to dig deep here Let's really think about this. Like what can we hang on to in this one? How can we get excited? I, I've sort of caught your Spurs melancholy, I think and The Grizzlies don't thrill me a lot either. So <laughs> I, here's what I'm gonna try to sell to you I, th- I think I'm gonna zero in on this point guard matchup Dejounte Murray John Morant John Morant let you down in fantasy, but still exciting in real life Good matchup here. Last ten for Murray, he's around sixteen points, seven boards, six and a half assists. Last ten for Morant, seventeen points, five boards, almost eight assists. I feel like that I can get pumped about. Can I get you on board with that?
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm good with that. Now, ironically, I'm I'm working both of these games tonight, and uh, I have a postseason fantasy draft with my with my guy Rosenwursel at eight o'clock. So I'm gonna I'm not really gonna be able to really focus in on this game as, as much as I'd like to. But as you know, I go to great lengths to avoid watching the Spurs and, and basically the Grizzlies whenever I can. So uh, we scheduled this draft right smack dab in the middle of this game. So that, that, uh, that should be an effective tool for me not to have to be completely focused on it. But, you know, DeMar and you got Jonas uh, Valanciunas versus Jakob Pertl. That should be fun. You got DeJounte versus Ja, as you said that should be that should be pretty fun and you know i never pass up a chance to watch slow-mo do his thing so that's true that's true
1: and i guess the invite to the postseason league must have gone to my junk folder but if there's still a spot i'll uh, i'll jump on in
3: i will speak to brian about that and we'll, okay. we'll fix that next year
1: yeah get uh get get me brian rosenworcel on the phone Uh, okay that's gonna do it for this episode don't forget to subscribe on apple Podcasts, on spotify wherever you listen take a second to rate and review us as well we'll be back on friday looking ahead to the full start of the first round playoff series a lot to talk about on the friday episode in the meantime enjoy the games everyone thanks to all of you for listening steve thank you sir we will talk to you soon all right bye-bye
2: Around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.